Hi, I'm Marco Bonomo and this is SEO in 2023. Marco, what's your number one SEO tip for 2023? Hi, David. The, my tip for next year is to focus very much on uh, content and content strategy. So in, uh, in very short terms, my best recommendation is to make sure that all the contents you have on the website is, uh, uh, is unique. So it's not just an ultimate guide uh, you provide over a specific topic, but it's really, really rich in, uh, for example, like extra things you want to add to the, uh, to the conversation. For example, like an interview with a specialist, uh, some data about, you know, uh, visualize some data, some charts, uh, add some uh, like unique thoughts to the, to the conversation with, with the users. So make also sure that the content is not made for bots, but it's specifically made for, for users. Okay, so is that the main way that your content strategy has changed over the last few years? Maybe two or three years ago, you focused more on pleasing Google's algorithms, but nowadays you're focusing on pleasing users? Yeah, definitely. Uh, so I would say that the, the bar is getting higher and higher. So Google obviously is getting smarter at understanding how granular a topic uh, can be. And obviously we need to adapt. So content is what we know it's one of the main pillars of, uh, of SEO. So we need to make sure that uh, when we write, we write the most uh, comprehensive, simple, simple to understand and uh, easy to read for most, uh, for most of the users. So you work for a large organization. How, how do you go about bringing other stakeholders into play and um, as part of the discussion to incorporate them in the content strategy, to inform them of your SEO desires and um, come up with a content marketing strategy that appeals to all? So um, we work uh, strictly with uh, the, we got a department just for PR. So obviously you need to work on uh, like uh, trends. For example, we got, I don't know, like, uh, for example, um, what's the future of vaping? What's, uh, what's the future of uh, tobacco? And uh, we want to like work on uh, specific data. We want to work, uh, like show what's, what's the current trends, what's kind of, uh, um, because obviously we sell in different markets. So each market is different. So we want to take, uh, uh, we got different shades, obviously, of um, same topic but different market has got different, uh, you need, it has to be unique, has to be really direct to the specific user that is going to use that, that specific content. So I would say more like a, like a very much PR efforts. And at the same time, I would say we're working, uh, since we're also like a manufacturer, uh, we produce uh, uh, very specific items. We got also customer service. So to, to limit, uh, the amount of people calling, for example, the customer service, for example, my device is not working, my device is not cleaning properly. We want to make sure that we update specific FAQs for all the kind of products we sell, because this is like offloading the amounts of efforts, like people calling the customer service. So it's optimizing really resources and providing better service for the end user. 
Great. Yeah. I mean, it's certainly a great idea to talk to customer service and uh, to, to get kind of common queries or issues from there and trying to create content to solve that. The challenge um, that I found when I work for large organisations is you often had to plan a long t- time ahead ahead of schedule. Um, you had to get other people on board, perhaps even legal departments as well. And that meant that you had to plan the content that you were going to publish several months ahead. So, so how do you determine trends that perhaps aren't even popular yet, but are like likely to be popular in a few months' time? It's a bit of a tricky, tricky question, I would say. Uh, we, um, since we are like a large organizations, so we serve more than like 70 markets at the moment, we try to split in waves. So I don't know, for example, like each year you might have six of eight waves of uh, contents. So it's quite difficult to get to know what is going to happen in, you know, in 2023, 2024, 2025. But uh, the, I would say the core point is that uh, we know what's the main, the primary trend. So for example, like uh, in my particular case that, uh, you know, uh, vaping is a growing market, disposable vape is a growing market, nicotine pouches is a growing market. So, and we know uh, where the users are moving, the kind of uh, how they interact with devices, how they interact, how the legal framework is changing over time. So there is a lot going on. The point is that you need to have a strategy which tries to to, uh, comprehend all these little uh, shades. And you need to, obviously not everything is going to be up to date once you're going to publish in six months, in one year, one year and a half. But at least you try to follow the trend and try to anticipate what will be the, the needs of the users and what is going to, you know, to be up to date in one year or two years. You mentioned that you talked to customer service and one area that you can actually focus on with customer service is commonly asked questions, FAQs, frequently asked questions. So how do you go about making a success of publishing FAQs on a site nowadays? Um, is it important, for instance, to publish all the content on one page, multiple pages? Is there a certain format that appeals to search engine nowadays? So, for example, you can do you can do both ways. You can have like single pages uh, talking about a specific FAQ, or you can have like a kind of FAQ category pages, for example, one for a dedicated pillar of your, of your contents. The risk of having a singular page for each FAQ is that uh, Google is not to consider that particular FAQ worth enough because obviously if you add a page with like, you know, like a couple of lines of contents, is it worth crawling this page? Is it worth indexing? Put yourself in the shoes of uh, Google. But if you create uh, like a proper category page and you, you try to interlink one, uh, you, you tend to develop, to, to explain and put things there in a very, very simple ways. You can link all the categories together. You can improve internal linking. And I would say, yeah, FAQ is probably if you are a manufacturer and if you like, you know, selling physical products or even even like software, be really focused on FAQs is what is going to make life easier for end users. So uh, if you never, you know, work very much on FAQs, this is probably the right moment to plan and improve uh, the existing section or create a new one. So so if you're a business that has a relatively short list of FAQs, maybe 10 FAQs, perhaps just a paragraph or so for each answer, and you've decided to just use one page, is it just as easy to get each answer ranked, or perhaps even easier to get each answer ranked if you're having everything on one page as opposed to everything on, a, on an individual page? Yeah, personally, I do believe that it's, uh, it's probably easier to create like a single page, like a category page for, for FAQs. 
Also for the sake of like, you know, uh, maintaining the structured data because it's, you know, you, it's an additional layer to the content you publish on the page. So from my perspective, like create categories instead of like, a, like you know, like single pages is probably preferable at this, uh, this stage. Also, we don't have to forget that uh, publishing FAQs and having the structured data that we snippets uh, on uh, is you might at the end of the day lose traffic because the FAQs published on Google are so good that the user just really on the on the SERP and not clicking on the results. So this is one of the, you know, is a trade-off. So you provide better content for the user, but you might have less clicks. So you need to consider this might be a possibility. Okay. And would you classify it as an SEO win by providing the answer to Google to, to the user directly on the SERP without them having to visit your website? I would say yes, because at the end of the day, if you work like an e-commerce, what matters is that you, you have like happy customers, the customer keep buying from you. And uh, even if you got a bit less clicks, a bit, uh, uh, even if you, you, know, you got decent impressions on Search Console, but you got less clicks, what matters at the end of the day is that how you serve the end user. Did you make a good job? That's then the goal of Google as well. Now, one thing that we had in 2022 was the helpful content update from Google. Uh, how do FEQs fit into that? Well, I think it's quite interesting because uh, I think we need to try not to simply copy and paste the, the contents from the, the, for example, you're reselling a device, a product, and not try to copy and paste the product from, uh, uh, from the description, the specs from a manufacturer. Because Google, basically, they, what they, they thought is that what kind of uh, additional value do you provide to the end user? Uh, why we should consider your content where we got, at the same time, the original copy from the manufacturer. And so you need to provide, a, for example, if you're doing a reviews, what is the methodology you provided in like in a product reviews, these kind of things. So FAQs, since they are very, very particular, very niche, but at the same time, very useful for a, for a user. They need to be uh, like highly targeted. They need to be really, really uh, provide a specific answer. They need to be really useful. So you talked earlier on about um, focusing in on the, the user this year. Um, you also talked just um, a second ago about providing additional value. Surely if we're focusing on the user, then it doesn't really matter where we provide them that value. It, it could be on social media, it could be on review sites. Is, is that a win for SEO as well? And um, how does Google perhaps treat your brand being found and the perception of your brand on third-party websites? Well, probably in the future, my personal view is that Google might, I don't know, like five years, 10 years, they're going to have uh, an understanding about, uh, is this a good brand? Is this a, what kind of customer service the, this particular brand is providing to the, to the user? Because uh, you got the wow factor, obviously, when you launch a product, when you launch something on social media, because it has to be big. As a, and from a point of view of a manufacturer, something that is creating a product has to be big. But uh, how good is that particular brand at keeping the promises? And uh, like uh, listening to social media, uh, providing like uh, for the SEO part, providing really good support, uh, like uh, try to help uh, at the end of the day, the, the user, your final, your final customer. I think probably not 2023, but probably a bit more far in the future, Google is going to be able to provide uh, this kind of like uh, like bird's, bird's eye like view. 
So try to figure out, is this device worth like, buying? Not just, you know, you got a perfectly skilled uh, SEO, which is creating the most uh, rankable contents, uh, but it's, it's going to probably go to be like a more like, a, uh, like, you know, like a bigger view, like an overview. Is this worth like buying? Is this good company? Do you provide good customer service? And these kind of things. So it sounds like the value of SEO is becoming more intangible. It's becoming harder and harder to actually measure the ROI of SEO. What are your thoughts on that? How do you prove the value of what you're doing internally? Well, I would say still uh, uh, this year, definitely for next year, for the next next few years, the value of SEO is uh, uh, is more like you know try to drive traffic to the uh, to the web. It's more like the most uh, you got the biggest and the most uh, like certified ROI in in the business. If you consider that Google at the end of the day is just an advertising company, so SEO definitely is going to shrink a bit over time. We already saw that. But also at the same time, you got uh, uh, Google providing uh, FAQs didn't, didn't exist a few years ago. People also ask, did exist a few years ago? But definitely, I'm really convinced that it's still going to be part of the, the bigger picture. So um, like justifying SEO like, you know, uh, as, a, uh, as a pillar in the overall strategy is not going to be more difficult, but has to be more integrated with all the other channels from my point of view. SEO is going to shrink. Wow. I remember, I think back in about 2007, reading the first ever SEO is dead blog post. Are we actually ever get to <laughs> that? Every year. Yeah. <laughs> is it going to happen? Well, eventually, no, I don't think so. Because at the end of the day, Google is uh, relying on like free, free, uh, which are not really free. People looking at uh, the uh, specific query results. So is a like a freemium, we'll say, because at the end of the day, you're like selling the kind of, uh, there are bits on, you know, Google, uh, pay-per-click, uh, YouTube is pretty much the same. There is an Amazon, Amazonification of Google, and it's an irreversible trend. We cannot, uh, we cannot fight, we just need to adapt. Because Amazon is getting much, much more aggressive. It's taking uh, over all the e-commerce, uh, Walmart in America, Shopify, uh, Amazon. So Google to survive and to expand, to try to maintain the, the, the position, they need, uh, they need to adapt. So we need to adapt to what Google is providing as a service. The word of the day, dear listener, is uh, Amazonification. I love it. Uh, Marco, you've shared what SEO should be doing in 2023. So now let's talk about what SEO shouldn't be doing. What's something that's seductive in terms of time, but ultimately counterproductive? Something that SEO shouldn't be doing in 2023? Well, personally, as a reader, I would love not to see like content as flashy and uh, useless as we saw till now. For example, if you get to do like product reviews, uh, if you provide like this product is going to like features that this product is going to have when it's going to be released. So clickbaits, hopefully we're going to see the ends of clickbait. Content just made for the sake of creating content. So I know personally like uh, uh, copywriters, and uh, if a copywriter is forced to create a specific article within that specific time frame, talking about the same old uh, topic, and then the, and the end of the day is going to be like pretty much the same uh, same value, which is going to be very low. So I, I really hope that uh, you know the Google updates uh, they're going to provide a bit of uh, clarity. For example, also like uh, how intrusive the ads are on uh, like on, on publishers. 
obviously publish they need to survive they need to make money so it as it is a business they need to have a business model but uh, if you read the contents and you got like uh, three four five ads a video like uh, an audio stream or something before you get to the actual contents it's probably not not worth reading this is uh, also like uh, why the the rise of uh, you know uh, adi blockers and all the, the you know uh, the rise of uh, how to block the, the all the trackers we got on the internet. So we're going to see more on this side, I think. Marco Bonomo is Global SEO Operations Lead at Philip Morris International. You can find him over at marcobonomo.co.uk. Marco, thanks so much for being part of SEO in 2023. Thanks for having me. Get your copy of SEO in 2023, the book, over at seoin2023.com.